Before I start, this is just a reminder, Shits Fucked is based on my own experiences with sobriety, mental health, and trauma. Each person's experiences and recovery is different. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, but please note that I am not a medical professional. However, I hope to introduce you to resources and people who may be able to help. And welcome to Shit's Fucked. I am your host, Paris, and today we are talking all things embracing self-forgiveness. And I feel like this is a huge topic, particularly for addicts, because it's such an important part of our journey. We fuck up so much while we're in active addiction. And so self-forgiveness becomes such a pivotal point of our recovery. So I'd love to welcome our guest speaker today, Coach Carly. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no worries at all. So I guess I will just, you know, fly straight off the bat. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, what is it that you do? Do you have any qualifications? What's your company? I know you told me that you're a parole officer by day. Uh, so, yeah, tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> sure. So oh, I, for the last 17 years, I've been working uh, in all the different kind of pieces of the pie that I work in, which is, like you say, being a parole officer. Um, which I started in London. Um, I am a coach, which I initially started as being a, um, a law of attraction coach. And that's very much kind of changed into change and trauma coaching. So helping people through times of significant change and recovering from um, things like addictions, uh, childhood trauma, any any kind of trauma, really. Um, and I also teach Reiki workshops and do energy treatments. So I've kind of been doing all of those things alongside each other for the last 17 years. In terms of qualifications, sorry if you hear any weird noises in the background, by the way. My, bull, <laughs> my, bulldog, my bulldog is doing strange things behind me. Um, <laughs> You're good. In terms of qualifications, I've got a degree in psychology, a degree in criminal justice, a master's in forensic psychology, um, did all my Reiki qualifications and my coaching qualifications. And then because I've worked a lot in mental health and trauma and justice and all addictions, all the kind of all the kind of things that go with that. Right. I've got lots of qualifications over the years that have been things like conflict resolution and and trauma recovery, mental health stuff. Uh, so I never stopped learning. I've just um, I've just actually signed up for a certificate in criminal profiling, which I've always wanted to do. So I'm really yeah, wow. excited about that. <laughs> really really excited about that what does that entail um so back in the day when I was oh this is before uni there was a, a show in the UK called Cracker with a, an actor called Robbie Coltrane he was this really fat Scottish dude who is uh, uh, basically an alcoholic he, his thing was whiskey and he would profile criminals so when the police kind of reach a point where they are stuck on an investigation they'll bring in a criminal profiler and and these people are, are probably most famous when it comes to serial killers so criminal profiling became a thing back in uh, the FBI behavioral analysis unit so back when forensic psychology was still really new like psychology used to be seen as a very woo-woo kind of concept that that was you know kind of shrugged off by a lot of people and now it's very much a thing um, and so there was a criminal profiler called oh, sorry a, a forensic psychologist in the behavioral analysis unit in the FBI in Quantico um, called John Douglas 
And he basically created criminal profiling or also known as offender profiling by interviewing a, a range of serial killers like Ed Kemper and, and, you know, Charles Manson and people like them to find out really what makes them tick. What was their background? What led them to becoming the kind of killers that they were? Um, and essentially kind of nutting out what what the profile of a, a, a criminal is, you know, not just serial killers, but criminals in general and um and then yeah the criminal profiling was born so i all that's what i wanted to do originally when i kind of started my psych training um and yeah it just kind of ended up in the world of corrections instead which i love um but that that kind of you know when those urges to to do something never go away for me it's been over 20 years that i felt that urge to learn that thing and uh, now I'll be learning it in uh, online via um, a university in Florida where people from the FBI will be teaching me. So I'm like, amazing. Super about that. It's going to be really cool exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <That> <laughs> I want to be their masters. So, um, yeah, so more studying. I never, ever stop studying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's always a good thing when you should never stop learning. But that's exactly. amazing. What piqued your interest to even? stuff going down this path and I guess that kind of even leads into my next question is what was the journey even to coach Carly being born because it sounds like you've got a lot of interest around you know yeah. anything psychology <laughs> even criminally <laughs> like I would love to learn more about where that came from and, and how that evolved into coach Carly as well. Mm, it's funny because my bookshelf has never stopped being this really weird mix of um anything about serial killers like my bookshelf is behind me and there's like there's stuff in there about um you know guys who've wiped out their entire families there's everything about serial killers there's stuff about criminal profiling and neuropsychology and then there's also hippie stuff like energy work and <laughs> coaching and <laughs> personal development techniques so I've I thought at some point I kind of veer off into maybe one of the directions but I've just always been fascinated in all of them and for me it really started at school where I, I seemed to be the friend that my friends would come to with their problems um, and I'd say a bunch of stuff just naturally really really naturally I'd just say a bunch of stuff that seemed to help them and they'd walk away feeling better and I'd feel really good because I'd help them feel better and then so for me like psychology starting with learning psychology at school it would be like college age here um it, it was just like a natural progression for me you know I always had really big profound philosophical questions from when I was like I remember being 15 and sat on my bed with all these questions that were kind of torturing me like what is the meaning of life what happens when we die and literally trying to imagine I remember closing my eyes and trying to imagine what happens when this doesn't exist anymore because I couldn't imagine everything else that I am not existing anymore and it I don't remember having any conversations with anyone spiritual around me or anything like that so I felt really alone with that with those kind of questions and then when I was 21, got into clubbing, met all these group of friends clubbing who I kind of felt like I'd known forever, right? And a lot of them did things like personal development and and a few of them did Reiki. Um, they introduced me to all these things and I thought, well, I'm not the only person that's thinking this way um, and found all these books. And then that's where my kind of journey of learning about this kind of stuff really started. For me, the psychology aspect of it, like I was always really, really curious about what makes people's brains go to the darkest corners you know what creates things like trauma addiction 
um, psychopathology, you know, what what makes the brain go that way? Is it no, nature? Is it nurture? Is it is it mm. something else? Um, and so trauma was always a really big area of interest for me, as, as well as suicide prevention. I'm really, really passionate about that. Um, I come from a family of uh, quite a few people who worked as, as police solicitors. My uncle works at Scotland Yard Murder Squad. So I was kind of surrounded by that as well. And, and I didn't you know, there was a part of me that just wanted to go straight into being a detective in the murder squad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I, never, I, I, I never wanted to be a Bobby on the beat, especially yeah. in London. Um, so, you know, I kind of I, I there were big things that I wanted to do. I didn't necessarily want to want to do the shit jobs working from the ground up when it came to the police. And I and back then, you know, being a woman in the police force was pretty hard, um, mm. especially being an offender profiler where your job is based on statistics and probability and a lot of gut feeling, you know? Mm. Um, so I kind of, my career just kind of went into, you know, I just thought oh, I'll go and get a psych degree. And then I thought, well, everybody's got a psych degree. That doesn't set me apart from anyone else. I've got to go and do a master's. And I thought, do I do a master's in counseling, which I was re always really interested in, but something was really putting me off that. And I didn't know until I got into coaching that, you know, with counselling, you're sitting and talking about the problem for an hour. And for me, there was something that felt really wrong about that. And when I got into coaching, which is very solution focused therapy, I realised it's because I don't want to sit there and talk for, you know, all day long about with people about just their problems. I want to look at now we know what the problem is. Like I'll, I'll let people in coaching sessions do a brain dump of what the problem is. OK, now we know we're clear on that what are the solutions, what are the obstacles in the way that are holding you back from moving forward? And what's your end goal? What do you want your life to actually look like? Um, so, you know, psychology, forensic psychology, got into uh, the world of corrections back in, in Brixton, a really interesting place to do uh, to be a parole officer. Um, <laughs> and I why is that? Why is that? Well, Everyone said in in my in my training, we I trained with like 160 people at the time, and everyone said don't go to the Stockwell Road office because it's the worst place to work in terms of offenders. I don't right. I personally don't like to call them offenders. I prefer to call them clients. Um, we're all <laughs> we're all offenders in some way, right? And and so I thought, well, if that's the juiciest playground to go to, I I want to go there. So I put my name down for it, and it was great. There's there's like Brixton is a very small part of London. There's 75 crack houses back then. Wow. There's probably more now. There's 75 crack houses just in Brixton alone. And there's probably way more than that now. But, oh you know, serious, serious drug use, serious mental health issues, um, homelessness, poverty, like you name it, loads of gangs. And I was really, really interested in working in gang culture. And, mm. you know, when I moved to Australia and got into corrections, I'm like, well, it's just bikey gangs. That's pretty boring, you know. <laughs> Gang, gangs over there. Is like um, you know, uh, Jamaican yardy gangs who will just shoot you in the in the head for your necklace. You know, even if yeah, it's worth right. fifty p. <laughs> you know, way more unpredictable violence over there. And I, and yeah. there's just something just always fascinated me about that. And then with coaching and healing stuff, it's really the same. It's all the same stuff for me. A lot of people will say everything that you do is really different. And for me, it's not. It's really helping people through. The really shit times that they're going through when shit's fucked um mm -hmm. you know what landed them in a place where shit is so fucked what happened in their past to make them get there 
and what do they need to heal and recover from to move forward and become their true authentic selves living the best life that they can because everybody deserves that i don't care who you are or what you've done everybody deserves that absolutely so, yeah. That's I how I've ended up there. <laughs> Amazing. So when, when was Coach Carly started? What what year did you start that journey? Ooh, Coach Carly was born in 2013, I think, but I've been coaching for a couple of years before that. Um, and I'd started my original business, Phoenix Transformation, which was more the Reiki side of things. Um back in god 2007 i think so i was like still super fresh on facebook um i think i was still on myspace back then oh wow yeah gosh <laughs> uh, <way back. laughs> you know yeah so you know when when i learned reiki I, I didn't have the ability to connect in with my reiki masters because social media wasn't a thing and and i i've created a space for my reiki students who there's like over three there's about 350 people in my student group um on facebook to stay connected you know social media is it can be really shit it can also be really mm. amazing for staying connected with people um and for being inspired and watching podcasts and you know being inspired and knowing that even if you feel like you're in a really shitty place that there's also other people who feel like that too you're not on your own um so anyway going back to coach carly yeah i i kind of i started uh there's my bulldog behind me <laughs> yeah i can see him <laughs> You can see her butt. <laughs> she's, probably, she's probably gonna drop a fart in a minute. It's gonna waft over. See so if you see a change in my face, it's, there she is. Whoop, that way. Hi, baby. <laughs> she's so cute and funny. Um, so with my coaching training, like I, I really was getting into the law of attraction and manifesting and that kind of thing and love all those tools and techniques. Trained as that, but I was also working, you know, in in injustice mental health addiction so all of it was kind of starting to come together for me and and when um you know i was learning about the power of positive thinking vision boards and all the manifesting tools which i love and are great but i feel like you've got to be in a place where you're feeling neutral or positive for you to want to do those tools and i found myself thinking yeah. well you know I, and i was really getting through personal experience with lots of friends and and you know losing a lot of friends to suicide I was also getting really passionate about the space of suicide prevention. And I thought, well, you know, when when I'm working with someone who's suicidal and actively wants to die, I'm not just going to tell them to think positively and do a vision board. So, you know, but I also want to use these coaching tools. So so what then? And that's where I really started veering off into the um, some of the more trauma releasing tools that I use now and, um, you know, ways to break the negative state that you're in and things to help you forgive and release the past um, as well as always keeping a manifesting lens on stuff in terms of knowing where you want to go as well um, yeah so so yeah that's kind of how coach Carly veered into where it is today oh, <laughs> and, I, amazing. and I often combine it with with energy tools as well because I think the two the combination of both is really really powerful I think you've got such a vast knowledge uh, that is just so beneficial in the coaching world, especially coming from a background, um, you know, you're obviously, obviously currently working as a parole officer, but all the degrees that you have studied as well in, in psychology and, and criminology, and it's just, it's fascinating. It, and then I guess you would just become, yeah, you've become so knowledgeable and you can best guide people from so many different angles. You've got a lot of fingers and a lot of different pies, and I think that's incredible. <laughs> 
that you should be you should be so proud that's amazing thank you thank you I love what I do <laughs> and I'm grateful yeah. to, to love what I do because I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily find what they love to do so I feel very yes. grateful that I found it really early yeah absolutely absolutely and with your work at the moment what would you say you're seeing something a lot of when it comes to mental health addiction struggles like what what are our biggest challenges that we're facing today as a society? What, what's coming up most commonly for you? Um, God, I feel like for forever since I've been working in this space, you know, it's, it's been about um, people who've endured significant trauma in their in their past, whether it's, you know, physical, sexual neglect, emotional, whatever it might be. Family violence is a is a massive thing that's being talked about. Uh, more and more um, over the last few years um, but people also becoming much more aware of what family violence really is because I think the term family violence makes people think that it's just about physical violence and it's not you know people are talking and I write a lot of blogs on this about things like gaslighting and and emotional abuse financial abuse um, mental abuse you know just the the you know, if someone's scared because an ex-partner has left flowers at their door, that's something to look at. Other people might go, but that's something nice that they did. They left flowers on your doorstep. That might be a really, um, that might be a threatening thing that they're, they're reading into about that. So abusive relationships is a massive topic at the moment, um, which is, I think, been around forever. But, you know, it's being talked about much, much more. Um mm. I think that people talk about suicide much, much more. I think there's definitely been more people talking about men needing to talk about their feelings and, and Absolutely. The, the, the phrases of just toughen the fuck up princess or, you know, don't, don't be a crybaby. We're not doing those things as much anymore or we're much more aware of the damage that those kind of statements can cause. It's okay for anybody to show negative emotions. I work with people all the time who that got stamped down by their hard-ass dads when they were younger, like the first time they ever cried. And then it's not safe to cry anymore. Everybody should be able to cry if they're feeling that they need to. <laughs> and when you stamp down those kind of emotions, then it still goes somewhere. It's not like it disappears. And that's when people get involved in those kind of addictions and whatever it is that they're using to numb their feelings. doesn't matter what it is, gaming, sex, alcohol, drugs, Overeating, undereating, overexercising might be anything. Netflix all day long, you know, it really could be anything. Whatever you're using to numb how you're feeling, that's the problem. Our society has become so used to numbing negative emotions, like negative emotions are a bad thing. They're not. They're just a gauge that's telling you that something needs to change or you need to change something. And, you know, every single marketing thing out there is if you feel this way, pop this pill change your job, leave your relationship, buy these shoes. You know, like people think that if they feel a certain way that there's a magic bullet or a magic pill that they can take that's going to help them feel better. And that's, you know, the world is full of that kind of advertising and, and it's we, we need to talk more about if you feel a negative emotion, that's totally okay to feel that. Let's explore why. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with what you said because I've even been through my own journey of accepting those negative emotions and allowing myself to even sit with it. It was something that, you know, this is what led to my addiction was a, that avoidance and wanting to purely numb myself. 
And I agree with what you say when I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, generational trauma as well that's come through <laughs> that we're mm. trying to break the cycles of as well. So that's something that, you know, I've seen a lot of that even within my own family. Um, my family was so chaotic growing up. Um, we didn't, I didn't learn how to communicate my feelings very well. I didn't understand how to um, express them in a safe place. Um, it was always something that I felt like I couldn't express without some kind of consequence. And that also led me to hold everything in. And so coming along my journey and learning how to, to break through that and start this healing journey, there's, there's so many avenues of healing you have to take. But one of the main things as well that started me really shifting through this all the shit that I went through was also the self-forgiveness, which is our main topic today. So, you know, learning how to how to accept that whatever happens during that time is okay. Like, you know, I only knew the best that I could back then. I had only X amount of tools and resources then. You know, I was literally doing the best that I could with the knowledge that I had and just started to completely step into that and own it. So I guess that kind of leads into my next question. Uh, what, when it comes to healing ourselves, how important would you say is learning self-forgiveness and how does this serve us? Mm, I think it's probably the number one thing that we need to do. And I think that it's the thing that people struggle with the most, you know, self-love and self-forgiveness, I think is is probably the hardest point to get to because, and and this is where like shame is is so prevalent in addictions and trauma yes. and you know and and when we are addicted to anything we've generally done things that we feel really really shameful about and people think people really think that they get sober like getting sober is, is going to fix everything and it doesn't it just brings up all those really shit emotions that you've been stamping down for however many years and with that comes an abundance of shame and you know, guilt is feeling guilty for something that we've done, but shame is feeling inherently bad, like we're an inherently bad person. And self-forgiveness for that reason is one of the hardest things to explore. And, you know, I, I take people through a process that is, uh, I think we, we spoke when we connected about EFT tapping. Um, yes. Stands for emotional freedom technique. There's a, another technique, an amazing technique that that I do called QFT, quantum freedom therapy, which is like EFT on steroids. And I guide people through a process where we really connect to the emotion that they're feeling, um, and then we tap through it, and then we kind of do like a guided imagery process after that, which is just it gets people to such an incredible place. I see people. I did this with a, a client recently who who's just started with me, who is he's been sober for a while but he like you know he's one of those people that thought that getting sober would fix everything and when we got to this certain point in the tapping where we talk about you know we kind of we've released some of the negative emotions but then we get to statements like um when they're tapping i forgive myself and you see the change in people's energy like for a while a lot of people can't say that they're tapping yes. And they can't say that, you know, they they have been able to say everything else, but they get to I forgive myself. I love myself. I'm worthy. I'm good enough. Like things like that. You just see all this stuckness here like they can't say it. 
you know, because yeah. they really, really don't feel that. And yeah. and the emotion, the the emotional outpouring is pretty crazy to witness, you know, and I see people I'll see like a, a 30, 40, 50 year old man or woman in that moment look like they're 12, 13, 14, 8, whatever age they were when this trauma really, really started for them. And they even speak like that, like they're that age. You know, they, mm. they, they're, they're in a, they're really, really hurt inner child comes up. And it's so incredible and humbling for me to hold space for people in that moment and and let them know it's okay. It's okay. And whatever they're stuck on that they're feeling, I get them to repeat it a few more times. And you see the shifts and I feel the shifts energetically in the room. And it's like I'm getting goosebumps even talking about it, you know, um, because it's just it's amazing to witness it. Um, so self-forgiveness is one of the hardest things that I've seen people go through and one of the most transformational things that people can do for themselves. Um, and if you feel like you're stuck doing it yourself, find someone who can help you guide you through that process. Um, we're we're going to share um, three Free, three forgiveness freebies with your audience today that people can Amazing. start with um they can they can start working on that themselves and i explain how to do it in those in all those documents but if you if you i, I always say to people start with the low hanging fruit like don't everyone's got this big hairy monster lurking in the background of you know why the fuck would i forgive that thing or that person or myself for doing that right like the, it's this thing lurking that um, they're like, I can't go there. I'll never, I, I will never be able to forgive myself for that. But by not doing that, what you're doing is it's like, it's like drinking poison and to and and poisoning yourself all day long by holding on to the shame, the guilt, the grief, the resentment, the bitterness, the anger. You're just poisoning yourself from the inside out. And if you really want this journey of recovery forgiveness is a part of it a massive massive part of it it's not just about getting sober that's when the really hard work starts <laughs> and i and can agree to that <laughs> yeah and, and forgiveness <laughs> is one of those really powerful things and the more like I, I liken it to everyone's born with like an empty suitcase and any kind of trauma that you go through is like that that remains unresolved at the time is like putting a potato in that suitcase. And these potatoes can range from all different sizes, from little baby new potatoes to massive fucking pumpkins, you know, depending on the significance of that trauma at the time. And yes. so if you imagine every single niggle or trauma or whatever it is, whatever shit thing that you've experienced throughout your life, that, that is unresolved at the time that that nobody no caregiver told you it's okay to cry let's talk about it let's let's work through this like if that didn't happen for that thing it goes in in the um in the suitcase like a potato right so you're then people talk about a midlife crisis i think that can happen at any age whenever your sack gets full whenever your 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 suitcase gets full of potatoes right so you you're lugging this potato it's this uh, this um suitcase full of potatoes around with you wherever you go and then that gets full so you need another one right and then you're carrying that one as well and then you get this massive fucking backpack and you're just lugging all this emotional shit all this toxic emotional shit around with you all the time and what i've seen with forgiveness is that it's like when you focus on forgiving specific things 
it's like opening up that suitcase and taking out whatever potato represents that thing. And so you're lightening the load and I see people's energy like they walk in here. They might have like uh, one coaching session, one healing session or a combination of both. They walk out an hour and a half, two hours later and the lightness that they walk out being compared to when they walk in compared to when we're working through the stuff is just fucking incredible. <laughs> it's, oh, that. it's amazing. Like it's a gift to hold space for people in those moments. And so helping people take the potatoes out of their suitcases and then burning those fucking suitcases because they don't need them anymore. You know, you, you learn these tools that you can, you can keep using in the moment. Whenever life's full of shit being thrown at us relentlessly all day long <laughs> at the end of the day, just because you get sober, just because you start working on healing your shit from the past doesn't mean that there's not more shit in the future. But when you know these tools, you can do the forgiveness work or do the releasing work or do whatever work that you can know that you know how to do in the moment. So it doesn't become a potato being put in that sack anymore. And through that, you you raise your vibration, you raise your energetic vibration to a point where you become like a manifesting magnet for all the all the amazing stuff that you know that you want in your life. But you also start learning that you're worthy of all that stuff, that you are good enough and that you do deserve to have a better life. Amazing. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that, because even on my own journey as well, having to embrace that self-forgiveness, I mean, you mentioned shame and guilt. Those are, are very on par with self-forgiveness, uh, but they're just the polar opposites, right? I used to honestly struggle to sleep. I barely used to get, you know, three winks. And it was always because when I started getting sober, you know, reality hit. I was really starting to see things clearly. I was starting to get memories back of things that had happened throughout my journey. And then all came the shame, the guilt, and that really pinned me down for years. Like it completely dysregulated myself. I My nervous system was shot. I wasn't sleeping. I just, you know, I was sitting in this pit and I felt like I was just getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And I just wanted to escape from this nightmare that I was living on a day to day. Even though I was in that recovery journey, it was getting a lot harder. And that was often when I started lapsing because things were getting too hard and I didn't know how to shift through it. And it was it was really difficult for me to forgive myself because I'd I'd get all these memories coming back at night and I'd be like, oh my God, like I cannot believe I did that. Like yuck, like disgusting. Like I can't believe that was my life. Or I I treated this person that way, or I was even in this situation. It all just came flooding back. And I would just sit with it. I would sit with it and I wouldn't put any light towards it. And it wasn't until I actually started working with a coach myself. <laughs> um, and she she really helped me start to go into that inner child mode, really put forgiveness back into myself and you know, tell myself that it's okay, that, you know, it, it is all right. And honestly, the shift that I experienced, not only just energetically, but mentally as well, I started to sleep better. I, I started to feel a little bit more regulated. I mean, I wasn't perfect. I won't say it shifted and, you know, everything was hunky-dory, but <laughs> like no, the work, perfect. <laughs> no, but the work started, like the shifts started to happen. And then 
the more I started putting forgiveness on not only myself, but the other people in my life who had impacted me so drastically that, you know, led me to this place, I felt started to feel so much lighter. I started to feel like the weight was lifting. I honestly, for years, felt like the world was on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And then starting to feel like I was lightning was just like, I can I can breathe again like I can I can actually breathe and life was starting to look a little bit better and so that's why I I do I do really really believe that self-forgiveness is such an important part of that healing journey it's it's vital you cannot you know really get to that authentic true self without that going through that part um so what what I would even like to ask you so I I know for myself I was going to say, why do you think people have such a hard time forgiving themselves? But I guess it, it does also boil down to that shame and that guilt. Like we really do sit in that. Um, that is something that I found really hard. I just thought, you know, why do I deserve that forgiveness? Like why should I have it so easy? Like, you know, I've, I've been living a life of just absolute chaos for, you know, eight years. <laughs> yeah. You know, why, why, should it, why should it be as simple as that, you know? Uh, just yeah so what, why why do you think people have such a hard time forgiving themselves well i think limiting beliefs are a massive part of that as well and and you know yeah. there's 22 main core beliefs um that everybody has and the extent to which you can live your life really depends on how much you can uh ignore the beliefs or or kind of give yourself enough evidence that kind of is the opposite of those beliefs so a main one that i see is i'm not good enough everybody has that I'm useless, I'm worthless, um, I don't deserve to live, um, you know, I'm unlovable, uh, I'm not wanted, all these kind of things. So so you start coming out into that sober recovery journey and then you start looking at all the things that you've done as a result of that and all, and all the different people that have treated you a certain way and feeling those shame feelings of I'm an inherently bad person, then why would you be worthy of forgiveness right why if you if you don't feel like you're good enough or worthy enough why would you be worthy of of anybody forgiving you or you forgiving yourself and i think people feel like they have to hold on to the things that they've done and give themselves shit for it because that's the thing that they feel like they should do because if they forgive themselves for that they they almost feel like that's a bad thing to do like they'll if they forgive it that they'll forget what they've done and that's not yeah. true you can by doing forgiveness work you kind of it's like um you kind of you, you have the memory of whatever trauma that you've had or that you've created and then the emotion that's attached to that it's like detaching the emotion the negative emotion that's keeping you stuck from the memory you're not going to forget the thing that you did by forgiving yourself and what's really interesting about forgiveness work is that you the more you start forgiving the more other memories start coming up to be forgiven and released and healed um so it's like a relentless barrage of shit that comes your way for a while but you know those those are the reasons i feel like people can't forgive or struggle really struggle to forgive themselves because there's also limiting beliefs that need to be worked on to be released and and when it comes to things like like i think nlp is great neuro-linguistic programming but NLP will kind of teach you to reframe a limiting belief. Like if you think I'm not good enough, then to think the polar opposite positive thought, like I am good enough. And to do like a, you know, Bart Simpson writing out the lines on the chalkboard. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. If if you, we learn through, through behavior, we, we learn through action or through repetition. Like you can tell a kid don't touch the stove 
20 million times um, because it's hot and you'll burn yourself or they can touch it once and they'll never do it again because they'll learn it that way. And we were, especially when we're younger, we learn a lot through doing. And I feel like, you know, our limiting beliefs are mainly formed between the ages of zero and seven. They can be formed later as well, but they're mainly those, you know, those, those are really important ages where we can't necessarily put our thoughts and our feelings into words yet. And if, mum or dad or our primary caregivers are angry and yelling at us even if it's not about us we're going to make it make it believe make us believe that it's all about us and that we're bad so yeah. that's how those limiting beliefs get formed and then to unlearn them through repeating a positive belief that you really don't inherently believe deep down I feel like that's a I don't know that's a really hard way of doing it for me it's like there's a, a shit there. <laughs> There's a shit there and you're just sprinkling glitter on it. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, where do I find the tool or technique that is taking a poo bag and picking that shit up and getting rid of it? So yeah, that actually taking blank- it out. <laughs> yeah, so that you're blank slating your neural pathways in your brain, which are really fucking strongly formed at that point. Yes. Um, and so there's there's tools and techniques that I use with my clients to really explore, the, find what the limiting beliefs are really work to unwind and actually get the poo bags and pick them up and get rid of them and then start building on that foundation of what do you really want to believe about yourself now so so limiting beliefs I think are the biggest reason why people can't forgive themselves yeah I'm I'm so glad you actually brought that up because that that is something that I realized as well on my own journey um there was a core belief that I had and I developed between that age I think I was about three or four when this first started happening, but I had a family relative who, whenever they were taking care of me, uh, they used to always lock me away in rooms away from my other sibling. And it made me really question my own self-worth. Like I constantly would look out the, the window, I'd see other kids playing outside. I'm like, you know, why, why can't I go out and play? Like why, why am I not you know, why am I not equal, you know, to my sibling? Like it was just all very, it was, it was a very weird experience for me. I was so young and I was already questioning my existence. And so I didn't realize that this had created this huge core belief of mine was that I didn't deserve to be happy. So that I hung on to that for so long. So everything that I did really rotated around that belief. So Mm. even coming through recovery, when I was trying to, you know, get to a point of, you know, teaching myself self-forgiveness and, you know, really just accepting what had happened in my past and things like that, that's probably what held me back the most because I, I genuinely didn't feel like I deserved to be happy. That whole belief was so strong that I just, I could not move through it. And it did make me feel like a really bad person. Like, you know, those, those experiences um, from such a young age and that that went on for years like I you know that same relative was bullying me my most of my life um and it was they they, they sound like a fucking arsehole <laughs> they were <laughs> they fucking were I yeah no they uh there was something not quite right with that that family relative no um but yeah look RIP she is not around anymore but Unfortunately, it's just one of those things where it got set in stone for me at such a, a early age, you know, that I I was not equal, that I was not worthy. And yeah, that really hindered me for so, so long. So I absolutely agree with you when you 
when you said core beliefs can be, you know, the the main thing that holds us back from entering well, they're, they're that driving, space of forgiveness. Yeah, they're, but they're driving everything that we're doing in life. Yes. If you feel like you're not good enough, you you don't deserve happiness, and everything that you manifest into your reality is just going to prove that belief to yourself, right? So. So there'll be there'll be things that will happen if someone's got a, a solid, stable view worldview of themselves then the shit things that happen in their life, they won't make it mean that they're a shit person. They'll chalk it up to a learning opportunity or just, OK, well, let's move on to the next thing or whatever. But if you inherently believe that you're a shit person, and you, you don't deserve to be happy, then you will attract people into your life that match that for you you'll have shit relationships you'll be treated like shit you'll treat yourself like shit and you'll probably treat other people like shit as well <laughs> or you'll chase after love you know that it, yes, in all the wrong places one. in all the wrong places because they're they're not they're people that are matching your vibration you know and until yeah. you learn to love yourself and forgive yourself i mean you would have seen you know how long has your recovery journey been now uh, I've been in recovery since 2015. I mean, I haven't been sober that whole time. I have had many elapses, many relapses. <laughs> As in many the journey. people do, right? Yeah, many people yeah. do. No, yeah. it's, I mean, I, it's a very small percentage of the population that get sober and stay sober from then on. I mean, yeah, I don't not, even know how anyone does that. <laughs> you know, so, so from 2015, even though that's been re a really, really fucking hard journey, you would see now in 2023, you're, you know, you're, you're approaching the 10 year mark. You're nearly in double digits, you know, yeah, true. nearly, nearly in double digits. And so <clears throat> what you'll see in your life, if you, if you reflect back on the people that you were surrounding yourself with, like the, the old cliche statement of we become like the five people that we spend the most time with is so, so accurate. So is, if, you, yes. if you think about who your circle was, who the people were that you spent the most time with, friends, family, associates, whoever it might be, um, back in 2015 compared to now, like through, you would have raised your vibration and cleared a whole lot of shit and released a whole lot of potatoes and, and maybe don't have any suitcases left anymore. Maybe you've got a small little backpack or a handbag full of potatoes still left, left to uncover. Um, but, you know, you would have raised your vibration to such a significant point that you would have vibrated away from people, places, situations, things that don't serve you anymore and magnetize people into your life that are really fucking awesome. And that's exactly you know? what did happen. And a lot of the and time when this it, podcast, which is amazing. Yeah, that too. That too. I mean, a lot of the time I didn't realize that on this journey of, you know, healing that my vibration was you know, increasing. And with that came a lot of movement in my life. So all of a sudden I would have huge falling, falling out to people. And I was like, why is this happening? Like, what the hell? Like, you know, this is with my friends for like X amount of years. And now all of a sudden they're, they're not anymore. And I, I wouldn't always understand at the time, but as time went on, I'd be like, oh, okay. That person actually was not in alignment with where I was going and you know that needed to happen so that was you know i was being shaken up and you know i even i live in yanship now i'm i'm completely I, I would say country i'm not really country but it feels country <laughs> um and it's it's just been amazing i'm at the love of my life now i'm i'm in a job that you know really serves me i'm so a part of the community and i'm here making this podcast like it's been a long journey but essentially such a rewarding one it's been really fucking hard though i'm not gonna 
say it was easy and it was all sunshine and rainbows. It was really tough. And I still do have my hard days. I still have times when I'm really still struggling with, you know, everything that I'm going through. And I feel like, you know, my poison was was meth, right? And with that kind of addiction, that I feel like that's something you deal with for life. And it's mm. it's something that I'm constantly having to work on, be mindful of and and put in that maintenance work of recovery as well, because it's not just getting sober, it's maintaining it. Um, yeah, and then constantly it being in that space of self-forgiveness, self-love, I always, always talk positively to myself now. And if something bad happens, I let myself sit sit with it now. I sit with my emotions. I don't try to run from them. And it was really hard to do that from the beginning. I, I did, you know, as I said before, I had some lapses because I was finding that so hard. But I did eventually, eventually I got there. And um, yeah, life has become a whole lot easier. I would never, ever, ever want to go back to where I was. Like mm. That was such a, a whole other world. I was I was in the underworld, um, I would yeah, even say. Yeah, but yeah. it was Where, yeah, where shit place. was really, really fucked. <laughs> shit was really, really fucked. <laughs> like it was yeah. crazy. And even just, you know, we're, we're living in Australia and we don't have as many um, gun issues as I would say, you know, we do it in America, right? We're completely, completely different to that. But being in that underworld as well, I was around stuff like that. I was seeing guns. Like it was just a whole other world. And I just feel so grateful every day that I took the courage and I had the bravery to actually take that step out and be like, you know what, this isn't for me. I actually do deserve better and I, I want to get some help. Awesome. Yeah. And you deserve a massive pat on the back yourself for that you know and, and it's it's I think life life is hard in general it doesn't matter what your addiction is or, or how you numb yourself okay, life is hard yeah, and and is. also con confronting your shadow shit is hard doesn't matter who you are where you come from it's this is hard work you know but it is. as hard as it might be it's really fucking rewarding because the more of that shit you clear, the more lightness there is and the happier you feel and the more deserving you feel of your life. You know, you everybody deserves to be happy. Everybody does. Doesn't matter who I the fuck you agree. are, everybody does. They do. They do. We all do deserve it. Absolutely. And what what is one practice that you you would say is something that we could do each day for ourselves that could help us even start to enter that space of self-forgiveness and that self-love, self-worth, forgiveness. Yes. So EFT, um, emotional freedom technique, tapping, I would say is probably my number one go-to tool for, you can use it for anything. So it's a, it's partly a distraction technique. So if you're in a space where you're really having cravings and stuff or, or feeling really negative, some kind of a negative emotion, then you can use it to um, distract yourself um, for long enough but it's also like a, it breaks the state that you're in so it really neutralizes the emotion and takes the edge off things um, so I I'm, I think I've already sent you a link that you can share in the show notes for yes, yeah. it's called my my project self-worth playlist so this was a, a playlist that I put together for myself initially where I came to a realization that I had all this stuff in my life that I'd achieved and I felt this growing hole in my solar plexus area you know when you feel that that kind of empty feeling and I'm like what what is this about you know I've built my hat my dream house by the ocean I've I've got permanent residency or I think I've just become a citizen of Australia which would have been a goal for so long I was running my business full-time like I I had all these amazing things in my life and this 
just nagging feeling. And I realized that that feeling was I didn't feel like I deserved any of it. And I thought, fuck, that's a bit of a news flash to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I embarked on Project Self-Worth. And um, what that entailed was me basically putting together this playlist in YouTube, mainly of EFT. All of the EFT videos are like they most of them are about five minutes long. Some of them, nothing goes longer than 10 minutes. I mean, there would be most of them are around five, six minutes, but all of them relate to the topic of self-love in some way. Um, I think there's like 185 videos in there now. I'm always adding to it. Most of it's EFT. Some of it is things like uh, subliminal music that you can play, meditations. Uh, there's even yoga for opening up the heart chakra. Um, there's subliminal uh, um, like just music that you can play in the background with affirmations in it um, so some of it you can just listen to or have it on the background in the background when you're doing other things but EFT I would say is probably the biggest thing that I would use on a daily basis so I was tapping like a motherfucker all day long at this point and <laughs> for like I did this relentlessly and I was sharing it with a couple of girlfriends who were going through similar things at the time so we were all doing it and one of the biggest things that I noticed, like at the time I was in a relationship that really wasn't good for me. And he used to speak to me like I was a piece of shit. And at the time, like I would, I'd, you know, he'd say something to me and then I'd kind of feel this like, oh, you know, ugh, that didn't feel good kind of feeling. And I'd go off and I'd do something different, like the laundry or I'd kind of hide in a room somewhere and just get on with whatever. And I'd be thinking about it like I've got to say something I've got to stand up for myself but by then the moment had passed and I'd come out and he was in a better mood so I wouldn't want, want to disrupt it you know yeah um, right. but the first thing that I noticed through doing project self-worth was that he would say something to me that was shit and I would immediately say something not in a, an aggressive manner I wasn't being passive aggressive either I would say it in a really assertive way where I'd I'd say something to him that would basically let him know what you just said or did is not okay with me and I'm not willing to be treated like that anymore and I and the first time it happened I literally turned around like who said that that didn't come from me did it like it, it through doing this tapping and working on project self-worth I started more naturally without even thinking about it without even having to try standing up for myself knowing my worth saying no when I didn't want to say yes um you know, not doing things out of obligation anymore. And like, I, I feel like at that point in my life, I'd got things right in most, pretty much every, every other area, except for relationships. This is, this was my sticking point still, you know, yeah. and, and that was all because of the self-worth stuff. Um, and, and through doing project self-worth, like it still took probably, I don't know, 18 months, two years before I actually left that relationship. But by the time I left it, I was so fucking ready to leave that there was no going back for me. There was no, I love you. Take me back. You know, none of that bullshit. I'm like, you can, you can fuck right off and never come back. <laughs> I love <laughs> and that. I will, and I will never attract anyone like you again. You know, so, so tapping is the main thing I would say uh, that you can do. And, and it's free. It's all over YouTube. This project self-worth playlist that I've sent you, share it with anyone you want you know, share it with your audience, keep it as a separate playlist on your YouTube, play it all day long, do tapping at least once a day. Um, and just, and you don't have to go through the whole playlist, just scroll through it. And there'll be something in there that really resonates for you on that day. Do that one. 
tap in the morning you know I, I find it's good to like I, I used to do this in the morning after I brush my teeth you know just kind of tapping in the mirror get that done for the day and then I'd be tapping on the way to work I'd be you know I'd be tapping in the toilet if I was being triggered <laughs> at work or whatever um but the more you do it the more of that stuff that you it's like dropping more potatoes out of your suitcase you know so yeah, um I find that the combination of tapping and forgiveness is so fucking powerful it is you if you start doing that stuff today and you commit to just doing one thing a day you'll probably want to do more because it actually gets quite addictive right but just commit to doing one thing a day that takes you five minutes anyone can do that there is no yes. excuse to not do something that takes you five minutes commit to one thing a day and you see where your life is different in the next year or even six months or three months it's yeah. life-changing stuff absolutely and even one thing that i did um, that i recently shared on a post on Facebook was um, how to even start to rewire those core beliefs was writing my, and that's if you know it, sometimes not everyone even knows their core beliefs, so they might still need to dig that out. But if you are aware of your core beliefs um, and mine was you don't deserve to be happy, I actually ended up writing that on my mirror kind of like in reverse. So I was, I just wrote it as, you know, you do actually deserve to be happy. And I put it on my mirror. I did not even read it every day. I paid no attention to it. It was literally just there on my mirror. I was subliminally taking it in every single day. And I think after a couple of months, it was like a light switched. And I suddenly was like, you know, I do deserve to be happy. I actually mm. do deserve that. And it just, it was mm. crazy. Just how simple that one thing that I did and how how drastically it transformed me in a couple of months. So yeah, yeah. even even doing things like EFT, just adding those little things every day into your life, mm. but you'd be so surprised what just drastic little small shifts. Things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Little small things. Yeah. But but on the point of subliminally taking stuff in, that's really important as well because be really aware of what's going into your brain, what you're what you're saying, what you're being told, what you're listening to, what you're watching. I mean I say this, I watch crime shit all day long, but it's not so affecting, I. it's not affecting, I, like I'm really uh, mentally stimulated by it. But if you're watching yeah. things like the news, like I, I know people who watch the news all day long. I I stopped doing that so many years ago in London. Yeah, same. You know when COVID probably kicked in and nobody knew what was happening, right? I watched, you know that like, um, what is it, CNN, where it's just like live streaming news all day long. I think I had that on for one week because I've got family all over the world and I, I needed to know what what's what does this mean for my business? What does this mean for my job and all the pe people that I'm working with? What does it mean for me and my family? Like what I, I kind of I wanted to educate myself. But I so I watched it relentlessly for a week. And at the end of that week, I felt so much anxiety. Oh, my God, I felt really fucking horrible. And I just stopped doing it. And it just was a really good reminder for me as to why I don't watch the news. My dad would call me ignorant, but you hear about the really important stuff because other people talk about it. You don't need to watch the news to watch the relentless barrage of negative shit coming through the news all day long. That really doesn't, it's not that significant unless it yeah. is really, really significant, you know? So be really aware of what you're listening to. Like I listen to really wicked podcasts like yours all day long, you know, stuff <laughs> that motivates me, inspires me stories of people who've been in a really shit place and have totally recovered from it. Like I, I shared one, um, was it yesterday or today? I think it was yesterday on a, um, a podcast. This is also like a recovery podcast. 
Um, and, and this was a dude who had been diagnosed as a psychopath, gone to prison, was an absolute little shit of a kid and using drugs from really, really young, um, drugs, alcohol, whatever he could get his hands on. And he was just, he turned into a, a really nasty piece of work. He would think nothing of stamping on people's heads. He just got into loads of fights, was really, really violent. And he's now a life coach, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love that. That's really fucking cool. So What's that it, podcast like, called? Uh, I oh, Menace to Sobriety. Menace to Sobriety. Yeah, what a name. my friend, my friend recently shared it with me. It's it, they're uh, guys in the UK. is really, really funny as well. Really funny, like gallows humor, dark kind of sense of humor. And and this, uh, you'll have to. I'll sh- I'll send you the link to to the one that I I just mentioned. But I was laughing all the way through. You know it's really it's just you know and surround yourself with humor like know that even if you're going through an insane amount of shit if you can inject some gallows humor into that and and try and find some humor in the situation do it in any moment that you can so laugh often even if things are fucked right now like know that you're you're allowed to laugh about things even when they're fucked right now um (laughs) Just be be cautious of who you're spending your time with. Like, are you spending your time with people who are just relentlessly complaining all day long? They're not the kind of people that you want to hang out with, unless you want to be that too. You know, be careful what you watch. Like, I come home from work and, like, I'm reading about, talking about, listening to, writing about trauma all day long. But I come home and I hang out with my bulldog, who's really fucking cool, and I'll put on some nice chilled out piano music with like or 528 hertz or whatever nice subliminal chilled out vibes um, I can play probably while I'm reading a serial killer book. But, you know, I've got, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still very aware of what I'm listening to. Um, you know, surround yourself with as much positivity as you can, because it is all subliminally going in your head, including the pictures that you have around you. Like I've got, you know, beach stuff i've got animals i've got all kinds of like positive affirmations everywhere um write out positive affirmations read in read and listen to inspiring stuff um and yeah just just know that you can have a life in a laugh in life no matter what you're going through absolutely definitely can agree on that one definitely i've had to put a lot of dark humor towards my past as well but yeah it, it, it serves a purpose for sure it definitely helps lighten that load um, but what are the current courses and services that you're currently doing at the moment? Um, and where can people best find this information? So I run Reiki workshops, Reiki 1, Reiki 2, Reiki Master Teacher and Advanced Healing Techniques. Um, I do. I have a, an online coaching program called From Surviving to Thriving. Um, that's an evergreen course, so you can sign up for it whenever. But I also run uh, like one live round a year. I'm actually probably due to kick off another one soon um so whenever you join you're a lifetime member and you can rejoin the life uh, like the live programs whenever you want um and that that very much teaches look it's kind of a breakdown how the fuck did i get here (laughs) you know lots of reflection based exercises in terms of i'm here where i don't want to be how did i get here what are the things that I need to heal and release to help me move forward? I, I very early teach techniques, uh, early on in the workshop teach techniques to help you release like stuck emotions when you're feeling triggered and then moving on to where you want to be instead. So that's a great course for anyone that's feeling really stuck or in a place of pain that they don't want to be in. 
Um, I do individual coaching as well. So um, whether it's in person or I coach globally, so I, I'm on Zoom, on the phone, video call, whatever it might be. Um, and you get really comprehensive coaching notes after that, always with home play. So you you are always sent away with stuff that you can do in between sessions. And I always encourage people to reach out to me in between sessions as well when they're feeling triggered. I don't ever want people to wait and hold on to what they're experiencing until they have a session with me again. Um, and I do energy treatments as well. And I find the combination of coaching and um, coaching and Reiki treatments together or energy treatments, because it's more than just Reiki that I do. That's a really, really powerful way of clearing a whole load of shit in quite a short space of time. Like people have amazing results in those sessions. So those, those are really cool. And again, you can be anywhere. So I can do distant healing or in-person sessions. Um, and what else? I've got a money, man money manifesting and clearing debt workshop that I am newly releasing, which is coming up on the 28th of October. I'm really excited about that because I'm helping people move through a really shitty debt space that they're in, learning how to kind of heal and release that stuff, but also tools and techniques that help you move forward and manifesting tools and techniques as well. Um, that's going to be a really interactive Zoom workshop. So it's online. You can do it from anywhere in the world. It's going to be recorded. There'll be a workbook and there'll be a private Facebook group that you can plug into as well. So I'm really, really excited about launching that because I've been wanting to do that for ages. Um, what else do I do? I think that's pretty much it. You can find me at <laughs> coachcarly.com um, or on Facebook as Coach Carly or Phoenix Transformation is my Reiki page. Um, I have a, a group as well called From Surviving to Thriving on, on Facebook. I'm on Instagram at Coach Carly Evans. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> awesome. Well, I will definitely provide all our listeners today um, links to your platforms. And we'll also provide the EFT playlist as well. That will be really beneficial for our listeners and, as well. And the forgiveness freebies as well. And the forgiveness freebies. How did I forget that one? <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Carly. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, this was a great chat. I honestly really, really enjoyed that. That was very informative. Yeah, very informative. And I feel like there's a lot that even I can walk away from this and start implementing. I'm definitely going to suss out that EFT playlist. <laughs> it's on my list. Do it. Yeah, let me know how you go with it. I'd love to hear any feedback from anyone because I think it's a, it's a really, it's an amazing resource. Like I said, I built it for myself and I never really expected that I'd be sharing it like I am now, but it's been so powerful for my own life that I just want to give it away to everyone. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day and I'm you sure do. we'll be chatting soon. Definitely. Thanks everyone for joining right. us. No. <laughs> See you guys.